you are listening to the Bold Dreams Held Loosely podcast hosted by myself, Taryn Watts, and my colleague and dear friend, Michelle Terrio. We believe that the quality of the conversations you're inside of shapes the quality of your life. Whether that's a conversation you're having with others, listening in on, or contemplating within yourself, what you think about and where you direct your energy matters. At the Mind Rebel Academy, we train and support change makers to step into their life's work as world-class coaches and leaders. After mentoring hundreds of people from around the world, what we've come to realize is that the most extraordinary coaches and leaders have one thing in common, and this is that they are wildly devoted to living deeply examined lives. After all, you can only go as deep with another as you're willing to go within yourself. And this podcast is just that, Michelle and I, two coaches and leaders, having raw, honest, very human conversations that are expanding our minds, opening us up to new possibilities, and keeping us steadfastly committed and focused to walking our path towards our deepest yearnings and greatest visions. And our intention is that these conversations do the same for you. So get comfy and settle in, and as always, you're invited to take what's for you and gently leave the rest. Enjoy. Hello, hello. Good morning, ladies. Hello. Michelle and I have a very special guest with us today, Angela McKay, who is an Emory alumna and an, an intuitive career and purpose coach. Speaking of titles, in one of our previous episodes in the Wild Wild West, which we're going to touch on today, and we talked about title, like titles for coaching. I love your title. Thank you. <laughs> I love this title. Thank you. It's been I an evolution. Really, yeah. So Angela, welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. This, this conversation was inspired because of a comment you made in our private, in the MRA's private community after you listened to the Wild Wild West coaching the, the two episodes on the Wild West um, in the Bold Dreams Held Loosely podcast. And you are at this pivotal, massive, transitional moment in your life. You've been building your business for three years now. And on Monday, so a week ago today, mm -hmm. a week ago today, you put in your notice in your corporate job and at the end of January, you will be a full-time entrepreneur. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, and like to add, I've been with the company for 25 and a half years. Wow. I started there when I was 18. I've grown up there, literally. Like most of my major life changes have been while I've been within the within those walls. So to 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 say goodbye. And to say hello, um, it was really difficult. That was a very difficult day, a very wow. difficult day. So it's just like I've, I've got all of the feelings going on um, at one time every day. So, yeah. So then in the midst of that transition, you're listening to the Wild West coaching episodes and you, it's, you, the comment that you made that intrigued Michelle and I was, oh my gosh, this episode is poking at all my shadows. It's poking at all the, I think you were talking about, you know, money and high ticket offers and just being a coach. 
you know, being doing the transition and being a full-time coach as an entrepreneur, it was poking at all the all the shadows. And we thought, oh, let's get Angela on the show and let's talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> um so in the MRI and in my in my coaching program, I actually I do use the MRA um program. Yeah. So I'm very in tune with it, both through school and through coaching. We talk about the hero's journey. And <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, here I am, like right at like the tippy top of the hero's journey and ready to take a leap off. And I actually listened to the episodes, both of them, before submitting my resignation. So I mean, I was still in that place where I had decided, yes, this is what is right for me. This is this is what I'm going to do. And as I'm listening to the episodes, it's just like things were being thrown at me to to consider. And like we all know that when you make a decision that's in alignment with yourself and um you commit to it either like totally internally or you start putting it outside of you, um, there things will happen that start mirroring your your insecurities. They will they will cause you to stop and evaluate what it is that you truly want and why you want it. And I think some of that was happening in the Wild Wild West part one and part two, where it was like just throwing things at me, insecurities to to consider so that I could stop and say, oh, am I doing that? Am I acting like that? Am I presenting in the right way? Is this really for me? And if it's not going to look like this and it's going to look like this, should I even do it? Like there was just a lot of things that were happening. And I remember my comment. I think it started with oofta. <laughs> oh, like, like just finger poking and every like potential wound I could have that, that was looking to be evaluated and, and healed. Um, so yeah, you guys, you, you caught me at a very pivotal moment where I'm jumping into a journey of uncertainty that I, I help coach people through all the time. And I believe that one of the ways that I best coach and present myself in the world is I, I do so by experiencing the things myself mm -hmm. and then the people, people see where I'm going. So I almost feel it's like, I don't know if you're familiar with the hunger games. It's like, it's kind of like the sacrifice of myself into these experiences so that, so that I can carry on like my purpose and mission in the way that, that it's meant to be carried on. So, yeah. Where, I mean, like, where do we start in that conversation? Yeah, where do we start? Okay, so yeah, what what was the what was the first big kind of finger poke that came up uh, for you? Okay. okay, it's like they all came up at the same time and just and just hit me. So I'm going to start with the high ticket offers conversation. Um, Michelle, I remember you talking about it was either in one of those two or in the most recent one, I think it was in one of those two, like a coaching experience that you had entered because you had learned what coaching was and you loved it. And there was this coaching program and you said, yes, without like really evaluating it and got into it. And you're like, this is not, this is not coaching. This is not what I expected to experience. So it's like, as I was thinking about high ticket offers. That's a very common thing to talk about in coaching yeah. because generally speaking, a coach offers some kind of beginning to end program because while you can get breakthroughs in a single session to like experience true transformation, 
there's there's a repeated process that's happening through that and an opening up of your limiting beliefs and like integrating your new beliefs. There's a process that happens. The lingo around that is a high ticket offer. And um, I've heard that in so many different circles that I've been in or coaching groups that I've been in or business groups that I've been in. And I just kind of see it as, you know, a couple thousand or more, um, a couple thousand and, and, and coaches charge up to hundreds of thousands mm-hmm. and up. For, for their engagements. So there's that, that high ticket offer. And I just, I cherish coaching so much, you know, at the core of my being, I am a, uh, a space holder. I've always been a space holder. Like people just know that they can come to me. And like, I, I hold this really safe and non-judgmental space for them to be in. So when I start talking about my coaching in the way of high ticket offer, and then I hear on the wild, wild west, like, you know, coaches and high ticket offers. And I just, I think that's not the future of coaching. And you'll see that like start to fall down. I'm like, <laughs> you'll see it start to fall down. Like, I'm just like, I'm going all in on it. Just starting on it. Like, what do you mean it's going to fall down? So like right there, I'm starting to get towards that. Like, <laughs> I don't know what to to do with that. I was like, no, like that was one of those moments. I was like, okay, I have to, I have to like center in on what's being said here. Yeah. Like, sure. The, the the offer that I have. So um, I help mid-career professionals to love their job by living their purpose is what I say. And my program is called the Work With Purpose Roadmap. Um, so sure, there's a claim there that, that you'll love your work more by by going through this program. So I think, you know, what am I promising to somebody that they will see as outside of themselves versus the the true root of coaching, which is unearthing what is inside of yourself. So for a moment, I had that like ick, that ick of, oh my gosh, I'm that person that's selling that offer like Michelle entered into. That's not what they expect. I just, I had to sort through that. No, no. Because <laughs> like when I sit down one-on-one with somebody on a consult, I mean, the foundation of the program is the, the, the MRA teachings, which are all about coming home to yourself. Yes, it has teaching and it has coaching. Mm-hmm. So it does share those two hats. And then I have my um, purpose coaching that's on top of it, as well as tarot reading. We haven't mentioned that yet, but I'm a tarot reader as well. And I integrate that into my coaching. Um, these are all different modalities. Um, but I had to have a, a moment with myself of, yes, a high ticket offer. But it's it's an offer that I believe in so much that I know that anyone who is aligned to working with me will benefit from this program. I also know that when they are inside of that container with me, we are going to do whatever suits them best. And if that means that one day we're not going through that teaching or something doesn't resonate with them, we're not using it or we're not doing that teaching. I know what happens in the container so I can feel good about what it is that I'm putting out and not worry about the ick of of high ticket offer that, that came up and that got spoken about. Can we unpack that a little? Go ahead. <laughs> Michelle, I can I, go, you go. Yes. So <laughs> I, 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 I do. <laughs> I'm having so many questions, so many thoughts. So first, can I just preface it with, it's really interesting to me because as a coach, Angela, like Taryn and I have both got to witness the way you hold space and the type of coach you are. And my mind is fascinating. Like you 
embody what we hold so precious in coaching. Like hands down, easy. I would, I would, I would hand you my thousands of dollars tomorrow. You'd be on the top of my list. It would, I'd, I'd, I'd be like, hold me. And I would feel so safe. And so I'm fascinated that mm-hmm. you could hear yourself in what we were talking about, you know? So I'm curious what, and okay. So, and here's one more thing. Um, you know, it's, what is it about like high ticket offer? Cause in my mind, I would happily pay a good coach all my money, you know, to have space held. So what do you think it was? What was your particular soft spot that made you hear yourself in that? Mm-hmm. Good question. It's likely just the work that I've been doing to really set myself up to transition from being an employee to being an entrepreneur. And in that, I mean, I've worked with a business coach and I've been in a mastermind with other amazing soul-led business owners. And in a, in that, I've been a lot inside of the lingo that, that you mm-hmm. hear in relation to setting up your coaching business and being a business owner. So not just a coach, but a business owner. Um, and that language, I'm, I'm, I'm notorious for learning the rules as they are meant to be and then deciding where I abandon them or where I change them or, or what I do differently. And it's a very important process for me to learn that. So in learning all of that lingo, it was never, it's never been mine. I didn't create it. It's lingo that I've learned and I've seen it um, spoken by people I really respect. And I've seen it spoken by people who I wouldn't ever hand them my money. So it's like the, the language belongs to many in the way that it's spoken. So it's like, I had to hear it and decide like, what does this language mean for me? And I mean, ultimately it fell on the side of those who I've heard it from that I respect their businesses. I respect how they um, bring in their clientele and how they treat their clientele afterwards. That is what I'm attaching it to, not this, this other one, but it's like hearing it and then absorbing it into this really big transition that I'm inside of. I I had to, I had to figure that out because it's still carried ick. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I have so many thoughts. Uh, one is Angela, I can so relate to what you did and I, I, I don't know. It's just, it's bringing me, I can so relate to hearing something that is poking at something inside and What is it? And questioning everything, (laughs) you know, hearing what Michelle was talking about in terms of her experience and thinking, is that me? Am I doing that? And, and I, so I, I, one of the reasons I was really wanting to have this conversation with you is because I have a feeling that a lot of really solid coaches in integrity with their craft perhaps also listened to that episode and also had some shadowy stuff come up for them because I think that is a 
just a sign of just inward integrity that you're checking in with yourself and you're, and it just happened to catch you at a point where you were in a <laughs> really massive transition and checking in on a lot of things, right? Um, because the energy of what Michelle experienced and the energy that you bring, it could not be more different, could not feel more different. It's just wildly different. And the other thing that's coming up for me is the is words and how 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 much words can mean different things for different people. So as you're talking and I'm thinking as a coach and as an entrepreneur, it's actually necessary to have it for, I actually don't like the word high ticket offer. I think we need to actually come up with a new like a, like a new term for that. But it, it's actually necessary in your business model to have these um, if you're going to provide a longer term service at a higher, you know, higher output for your client, you're going to be giving them more of your energy in, in these longer term containers. It is actually necessary to charge more money for those containers and so for, for those offerings, whether we call it high ticket or something else. And um in fact, your your business can't be sustainable. You cannot be sustained and fed without it. Right. But I firmly, firmly believe in that. Firmly believe in that. And so for me, and I'm checking in with myself, what did I, what was the pre, what I think I have a preconceived notion about what high ticket offers are. Um, and to me, they're, they're, and, and maybe this is based on past my own past experience, but high ticket offers, I have this icky feeling about the term, the words, because of perhaps again, past experience for, for uh, coaches, mentors, whatever you want to call them, charging a, an, a, 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 a an unfathomable rate, like really an unthinkable rate for not a lot in return. That's my, that's where my brain goes when I think about, when I, when I said that, that I think the world of high ticket is Angela, sometimes I don't even remember. I was telling you, we were telling you this earlier before we jumped on Angela. Sometimes we don't even remember what we, what we said, but yes, I do think that that is what's going to crumble in the new world. Um, I remember a business coach um, giving me a bonus for 15 minutes of her time. And she told me that this bonus was for signing up for a big, you know, a big offer. And this bonus was worth upwards of $1,000 for just 15 minutes of her time. And I thought, like for 15 minutes, I couldn't even get my words out. I was so stressed <laughs> out for like 15 minutes because I'm like, what, this is a thousand dollars? Like this, I didn't pay that, but it was a bonus, right? And it was, it was just like, you can't possibly understand what's in my heart in 15 minutes. I can't, you can't possibly give me business advice in 15 minutes because I can't even communicate what I'm thinking in 15 minutes, you know? It's that obscured like value for output that that's where my brain goes when I think of the term high ticket offer. And that's, that's based on my past icky experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Angela, what did you have to do? Because again, I think Taryn, I think you're right that probably a lot of people heard, whether it was exactly what we were saying or not, some keywords triggering some internal things and going, oh, am I bad? Is this bad? You know? Um, so what did you have to anchor into internally to get yourself from the self-doubt to, oh, no, wait a minute. I'm providing something that I believe in that's in integrity and it's really worth the exchange. Like mm -hmm. what had to happen in there? Oh, I mean, partly like just what you did, like, just what you did. There's just that process of like, no, because like you hear the thing, you're like, oh, the thing, and like, hold on. Like, no, that's not my reality. Um, that's something that just happened. And like, before I address that, it's like, Taryn, as you were speaking about the words, it's like you and Michelle could have said it in any way, but depending on who is listening and what point they're in, in their day or in their life or in their minute, like you're going to like receive something. And I know, um, Taryn, you've talked about it before. And I have a similar thing of like this, that like fear of being misunderstood and that being a growing edge. And just having to accept that people will hear things and process them based on whatever they're inside of. And sure, that might mean that they misunderstood. I'm using air quotes. I forget, you know, podcast um, that, that you're being misunderstood. And that's okay. Because like they are just sorting, like sorting through all of the muck that they need to sort through. And that is their path right now. And, and, and it's not yours. But like Michelle coming back to like anchoring into that, um, I did quite a bit of work in putting my program together and okay, this will start to hit on the money thing. So high ticket and money, both of those conversations kind of hit me at once. And that's what I said when I was listening to the podcast, it's like, it was just a swarm of stuff that came together in a package that I had to start dissecting. Um, I did a lot of work to, to ensure that the program that I was offering was, was balanced, that it was long enough and spacious enough that that people would actually get something from their investment because I know I've seen like a motivational speaker before and I feel great and I've got tools to go and integrate in my life and then I don't like I can't even remember what those motivational speeches were about anymore um so I my 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 package is you know five to six months long we meet every two weeks there's check-ins and integrations in between like it has a lot of space to move through because I don't want quick I want integrated um so I I I had started a, a spreadsheet and this is where it's kind of money crosses over. If I'm going to transition from being employed to being an entrepreneur, I still have, I still want to be able to live. I still want to be able to provide for, for myself and my family. That means that I need to replace my income. And um, as a coach, I think most, I won't speak for all, but I think most have to go through a process of separating their service from themselves. And I know this came up too. Like, I feel like my service. My mm -hmm. company name is Angela McKay LLC. It's my name. When I am promoting, I'm promoting the service that I offer that I offer. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the coach, I'm the teacher, I'm the consultant in that situation. So it feels like I am charging a money for myself. So there's a process you have to do of, of separating that. Like this is a service that I'm offering just like any other service or any other product 
just because I say no to a service or product does not mean that I um, despise the person who's behind the service or the product. So you have to pull yourself away from that and understand that one, you won't be for everybody, but two, it's your product won't be for everybody and you delivering your product won't, won't be for everybody. So there's that separating the money from your value. So I did have to go through that. Um, I also set up this spreadsheet. I was like, okay, if I'm going to replace income, this, this is what it's going to need to look like on a very basic level. This is what I offer to, to my clients. This is the amount of time that I spend with them. This is the expertise that I bring. This is the in-between, like in-between session support that I offer. When I am inside of a container with a client, I give them so much because I can't imagine not giving them so much. So I had to like sit down with all of that and put a value on it to sell because this is a business. I'm running a business. So I had done all of that work to really comfortably say, I'm like the, the product that I'm offering is worth at least this much. And it allows me to build a sustainable business that I can thrive in and that I can continue to pull soulmate clients into, because that is part of my purpose as well, is to have that ripple effect on the people that, that, that are pulled towards me so that they can then go spread this into the rest of the world. Like, and it just grows and it grows. So in a flash, I had to like kind of go back through that process of I am getting hit with these things that make me feel like I'm, I'm, I'm maybe like putting something out there that could be mis misconstrued as, as, you know, ick high ticket rather than high ticket is just some, is an offer that you put together in your business that allows the client to thrive and allows your business to thrive. Um, as well as like, who am I? How am I worth any of this and, and fill in the blank and putting monetary value on that. Like I had already done the work to feel very comfortable about what it is that I bring and what it is that I need. If I'm going to make this work and I'm going to reach the people that, that I want to reach. So it was like a flash in the pan, but it was like full of all of, all of that because of work that I had already done before <laughs> feeling uh, about what I had heard. <laughs> From, from two people that, that I like love and respect and appreciate so much. Like that's, what's funny is like the stuff that you hear that like causes that internal thing, it can come from anywhere. Like mm -hmm. people expect that it comes from somebody that rubs you the wrong way. Yeah. No, it's just words that like universe delivers to you on a silver platter to deal with because you're going to need to deal with it. If you are going to grow. Like what a cruel joke. <laughs> what a cruel joke. You know, one of the reasons um, I personally wanted to have this conversation with you, Angela, is you, you what you just, just you shared how you take such responsibility for the things that you hear and you take such responsibility for how it makes you feel and the work and the, the, the mirrors that it, it like, you know, shines for you. The, that energy those are the kinds of people that make me feel the safest in this entire world. Mm. Yeah. I think that is the safest energy to be in community with someone else, you know? And so part of what I, why I wanted to have this conversation, cause I was so, I was so curious about that and wanting to hear about how this mirrored you and just knowing so fully that you would take, that this would be your stance. 
instead of saying, hey, Taryn and Michelle, you said something that really triggered me. And <laughs> this is what you said. And I want to know what you meant. Like, you know what I mean? I think there's just so much of that in the world right now. It's just, there's so much of that unsafety and finger pointing in the world right now that I just so appreciate. I just so appreciate how you move through the world. Thank you. <laughs> it's a little tiring on this. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it is. I but, hear you. <laughs> but yeah, thank you. Um, that's something I hear often. And that's why I'd mentioned that, that kind of safe space that I hold for people. Um, I think it's because I look at myself so deeply, like we talk about being deeply reflective and I do look at myself so deeply um, that, that I draw in people who are also called to look at themselves so deeply. And I've noticed that being someone who is deeply reflective, it can um, trigger other people around you because they, they're not in a place to, to be as deeply reflective and they might be more in a place of, they then see that as um, something that it's something that it's not, um, or they do want to, to point a finger. Um, the, the clients that I call in, of course, are deeply reflective or it wouldn't work out, but like something that you said reminds me of the concept that, that we have is that, you know, holding yourself and others whole and capable and resourceful and creative and and that sometimes means that if somebody says something that that upsets you, there's a moment to like look at yourself to see like why am I being upset? Is it is it something that they did? Is it something that I felt? Is it a boundary that I'm lacking? You know, whatever it is, like you get to start sorting through that rather than just saying they did a thing and then absorb that and then hold that and then walk around with that. Um I'm kind of going off like a bit mm -hmm. on a on, on a tangent at, at the moment, but it's it's in that that space of holding yourself and other people whole that, that you get to choose to evaluate why you felt a certain way and then what you do next about it. So I didn't point the finger <laughs> after listening to the two episodes. How dare you guys? How dare you say that I can't make money? That's not what you said. That's not what you said. Um, you all, you all said that you want really great coaches out in the world doing this work. Is what you said. So yeah. Mm. You know, it's really funny is that I don't remember all the details of what we said, but I, I think vaguely um, one thing that I think, I think we shared was, you know, if coaches who are out of integrity, not even offering coaching and just, you know, doing, doing their thing that doesn't feel so great to people, if they can be really wildly financially successful, then the coaches with integrity, you know, they can do it too. And how wonderful. And to me, you are the epitome of the profoundly beautiful coach with so much integrity and so much to offer. You're the epitome. I'm almost seeing like this wave, like this wave of integrity and coaching and holding space, like flooding into the world. And you're like at the crest of it over here. You're, you're like on the leading edge here, feeling your feelings, doing your internal work, shifting, anchoring into this new paradigm. And what's really occurring to me, if you, who to me are the epitome of everything I hope for the coaching industry, if you are having to confront all of these feelings and transmute all of these things inside of you, it, it must be true for a big portion of the, the rest of the wave of coaches moving 
into the into the world into this you know in this intersection of where oh, sacred coaching meets making money you know out <laughs> in the world and it's so clear because i know you that any of your internal stuff that's um that's 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 your work to sort through and release what's not yours and it doesn't point at oh angela you have blind spots that you need to fix like that doesn't equal that right mm-hmm. um so i'm really i'm really curious about what are the other things because i bet you there's thousands mm-hmm. of other people who felt this same one what else? Like, what else are the things that you're on this, you know, the crest of this wave confronting and feeling and, and sorting through? What else is there? What else? First, um, an observation as you were talking through the, the coaches who are operating out of integrity. And I'll use air quotes again on coaches who are operating out of integrity and wanting more coaches who are operating in integrity to be in the coaching space, there's, I'm going to venture a guess that the ones who are operating out of integrity aren't doing as much of the deeply reflective stuff. Um, they aren't um, maybe caring as deeply about what it is that, that the client is going to experience and walk away with. Like I want to ensure that the value that I'm bringing is matching the value that the client is walking away with, um, assuming that the, they're they're inside of the container doing the work um, to, to see that value. So those who are operating in integrity, it's almost like our 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 road is a little more difficult because we are asking ourselves those questions at every turn to ensure that we are in alignment with our values. And with the value of coaching, so it's 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 a slower road because we do feel the need to like make all of those things right before we we get there. So um, perhaps we're we're all getting there, just not as loudly and as quickly as some of the ones that that came into the forefront. But something else that came up while you were talking about that is that like pure integrity of coaching. That's another um, shadow that got poked at when I was listening to the episodes because. I hold coaching in such high integrity in my container, but it does have other elements like we had talked about. So there, there is teaching. So the MRA format does come with teachings. Um, there is a little bit of consulting that, that happens. There's also the tarot that's incorporated. So I have to be um, very clear when I'm operating in any one of those modalities. And I think that's what it comes down to. So um, I don't need to feel badly if I'm using any of those, meaning that I'm stepping out of coaching. So that must mean that I'm walking away from the integrity of coaching in this container. So, no, that's, that does not mm-hmm. have to equal that. Like, it's crazy how many things in our mind we make, like, this must equal that. It's like, like who says? Not, never equaled that. Um, so like in session, like at the beginning, I, I will ask before we go into a lesson if they are in the right place to move on with that lesson or if there's something else that they'd rather discuss that would serve them. Um, sometimes mid-lesson, we find out that they said yes to moving forward with the lesson, but there's really something else that they're inside of. So we just set it aside and then we go into coaching. But it's very clear if we're teaching or if we're coaching. The same with if I'm mid-coaching 
and there is kind of something on the consulting side um, that I would rather speak to, then it's like a, a permission and a coaching hat off, consulting hat on, we have that conversation, then we switch back. Um, the same with tarot. So I'm not a predictive reader. Um, I can't tell you when you're going to meet your soulmate, but I, I can read like the energy around a situation and help you start to discern what your paths are from, from that. That is also a stepping out of the coaching. So it's like, okay, we're going to pull this card. We're going to have this conversation because there's, here's this insight that's being delivered. And then we switch back. Okay. You've got this insight. Like now what, like what, what are you processing from that? What landed? What didn't, what did that make you think of? So you're switching back into coaching. So when we talk about the integrity of coaching and how some people are not um, sitting in the integrity of coaching while they call themselves a coach and I've had my own experiences with people who called themselves a coach, but were really just telling me what to do. I had to go through again through that. Okay, That's not what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. And this makes sense. This is good for the program. This is good for my client. And I will be checking in the entire way to ensure that it's still good for them. And if it's not, then we're going to shift into something else. So integrity of coaching was, was one of the things I was like, oh my gosh, am I still doing that? still doing that? <laughs> Angela, how has learning coaching skills enhanced your ability to do tarot or to do consulting or to do your teachings? How has it, how has it enhanced it? Oh, um, I was able to, so in learning true coaching skills in becoming a um, certified coach by by the program that I took at MRA and then taking that to ICF and earning the certification, I have been able to release ownership of where my client is going. Um, prior to learning like true coaching skills, um, I had that pleaser, uh, fixer, saver <laughs> element mm -hmm. to me that that caused me to really grip, take like rip what it was that the person wanted and try to get them there. And when you're trying to get them there, you're not holding them whole at all. Like you are trying to create a path for them and creating a path for them is not theirs and it's not yours. So it's just like this empty path that you've created that's for, for no one because you were gripping so hard onto where it is that you think they should go based on what like the surface level thing that they said. And if there's anything that we've, we've learned in coaching, it's like that surface level thing that they said, oh no, like it's probably three layers deeper what it is that they actually want and, and why they want it. It's not that thing. So if we take the thing that they first say and we try to go there, we didn't, we just like created another surface level thing to look at. Tarot is different because tarot, I, I, before I started reading for others, I had to completely sink into it being an intuitive tool. So it wasn't about me. It wasn't about what I was thinking. Um, it was only about what the card is telling. So there's a, there's a, there's a story that the card tells and I am the storyteller in that as well as um, just intuitive hits that I have to uh, receive and give. So they're not mine. If my mind is playing into it too much, I'm not reading tarot. I'm just giving advice um, so tarot is completely different in that way that I already had to give myself over completely intuitively to that tool. Um, however, 
tarot reading, like once I go through that, it lends itself to, to coaching. So that is where tarot or where coaching enriched my tarot is because it's not just a reading and here's your message, but we get to start pulling apart how they're receiving that message. So it's not just a, um, yeah, this card says you need to work with people. And you're like, great. I need to work with people. That sucks. I don't, I don't want to work with any of these people. Right. (laughs) So like you get to take what it's saying and then then start. So rather than that internal, internal dialogue that they're having, like you get to start laying that out on the table. So I'm definitely a coaching tarot reader. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really detaching from where our conversation is supposed to go. And it reminds me of like one of the, one of the things I had said at some point in the MRA um, um, in when I was school, I'm sorry, school, because I can't think of a better word. When I was, it's school. Um, But yeah, it's that I don't know what mistakes people are supposed to make. And I have held on to that in every area of my life. Like you can look at something and you can be in conversation with somebody and, and think, gosh, it's, it's a mistake. They're, they're making a mistake. How do you know? How do you know where, how do you know where they're going? How do you know that even if this is a quote unquote mistake, that it's not a mistake that they were supposed to make to teach them something else, to open a door to somewhere else? Who are you to stand in the way of where it is that they are supposed to go? As a coach, we just help to like bring forward the clarity of what it is that that they truly want, what they truly desire. We don't get to determine what that is. We have no idea. We're not living their life. We're living ours. So you have to remove yourself from that. So learning the true skills of coaching um, and deciding to go the certification path um, was one of the best decisions that that I made for all of it. It's like you can sit in complete silence with somebody and reveal so much more than you ever could in all of the advice that you would give previously, or I would give previously, I guess, not you. Mm, a true coaching mindset. I, I don't even know, Angela, I don't think we can actually take credit for entirely for like all of your coaching mindset. Cause you, I, I remember you actually came in with, you already had some coaching mindset in you because I, I don't remember the exact words, but I'll never forget. It was before the program began I don't know if it was like just some kind of open session. I don't exactly remember, but I remember I didn't I didn't know you yet and I was asking you questions and you were saying something that I was like, How is she so wise already? And I think I asked you, like, why are you so wise? <laughs> and I don't know, like, I don't know what the exact answer was, but I remember you said something along the lines of, All I'm doing is helping people, I think it was in relation to like tarot. I am helping people talk to themselves. So already you knew I'm not telling them what I know. I am facilitating their conversations with themselves. So you you did come in with some of this already deep, deeply integrated in you. I remember that conversation. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna write something down so I don't forget it to go there. But um I am still like, that is still one of my growing edges is, is accepting that word wise. Um, I'm more open to receiving it than I had been previously because I'm understanding it to be part of my makeup. And like I said, there's just, there's things I know that I don't know why I know them, but I do. And um, I'll have to just accept that they're there and they come out and that comes across as wisdom. And the word is wise. 
and okay, I'm wise. Like this is still a process that I'm working on accepting. Um, but yes, I, one of my strengths is in um, helping people to talk to themselves and I never really understood it. So in my corporate career, there was a day that I was like just particularly low and over it. And I created what's now on my website. People can get, it's called the career compass. But the premise was, is I just kept track of my activities for a couple of days and put them into like, love it or don't like making lists. And everything on the love it side was one-on-one conversation. Mm -hmm. And I noticed like a theme in that one-on-one conversation is whatever people would come to me for, and they do come to me. I had no business knowing where they were going to go with it because I also had no expertise in what it is that they were talking to me about. But I noticed that however I was in my presence allowed them to walk through what it is that they were going through and like come to something in the end that, that they, they needed to do. So I called it, I just helped them to talk to themselves because that's all I was doing. Like I, I had no expertise. I really couldn't lend anything this to this, but I was helping them talk to, my, to themselves. That was one of my first like cues for that. You can coach, like you're a coach. Like you want to be a coach. Doing it. Right. Um, so I had actually, I, it was a little while after that and some few things in between that I started my coaching business. And in the beginning, I decided I'm not going to do ICF training. There were no coaching schools that I had found at that point that I thought the, the value was worth, worth the investment. Um, they didn't align with me. It just, um, they were teaching some things and, and I'm, I'm sure that they're producing fantastic coaches. It just, it didn't align with me at all. So I was like, I'm going to coach without it. Like I had already had, um, that kind of that embodied coaching mindset I had, I'm a 20 plus year HR professional. So I mean, sitting with people in that way, I'm not a stranger to. So I started uh, without it. And then um, one day I was searching the ICF website. Cause I was like, maybe I'll think about coaching school. Um, so I was searching and I came across MRA that way. I had not seen MRA from any other thing. It was just the random search on the ICF website and everything aligned. I was like, okay, I'm going to do like ICF um, accreditation. You know, another part of why I didn't that's coming up now is I was so tired of feeling like I, I had to do a thing Mm -hmm. to become what I wanted. Like I had to follow a path. I had to have the credential. I had to take the steps that people think that I should have in order to be taken seriously. So like there was an element of, I don't want to, like, I'm so tired of, I have to, and I don't want to, and I don't have to because it's unregulated, right? So you didn't have to. Um, however, Another thing that you guys talked about in the wild, wild west part one and part two, um, was the being certified and where the industry is. So like I'm on the fence about whether it should be regulated or not. I know some fantastic coaches who are not accredited by the ICF that, um, deserve like take money. Yes, please. Because they are just fantastic coaches. However, I don't think that's the norm. Um, Mm -hmm. I think generally speaking, you will find more high integrity coaching in those who have, um, at least had like the education, they might not have gone to ICF for their accreditation, but they've gone through that education to really embody a coaching mindset, um, versus those who have not. 
because in those who have not, I think you do see a lot more of the like, let's get real. Majority of, of coaches do have that piece about them that like people just have come to them and they, they want to get advice from them and they want to be helped by them. So you have that piece of like, well, I'm really good at this. I'm really good at helping people. And so much of it is in the advice space that until you go through that coaching education, you don't truly know what it is to just sit and be quiet and detach from the outcome of where someone is going. So I could have coached without it. I am a thousand time better coach having gone through that program to learn what like the true integrity of coaching is. So in the podcast, when we were talking about like regulation and certification and that sort of thing, it was another one of like, had I not, had I not gone and got my certification, that one would have like been pulling me wide open. Even if I considered myself a fantastic coach, it would have been like, oh my gosh, that's a thing you're supposed to do. It's a thing I'm supposed to have. Mm -hmm. Like that's what people see as, as being respected. Like you cannot, well, I'm sure somewhere, but the majority of co corporate coaching, they're going to require a certification of you as they should, as they should. So I don't know where I stand on the regulation of the industry. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I can see both sides. I just know me personally and the coaches that, that I surround myself with going the certification path, leaps and bounds, better coaching than, than I've seen outside of it which kind of loop back to like Michelle and your experience. It's like that was being marketed as coaching, but that wasn't coaching. That was someone who had a fantastic life experience that perhaps other people could benefit from, but not everybody. And if you were somebody that didn't benefit from it, there was no space to be held to be coached towards what it is that you actually wanted. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. So much about entrepreneurship. So, okay, so there's coaching skills and then there's the business, like the business aspects, such different, so different, right? There's such different, such a different skill set, being an entrepreneur and being a coach. So much about, and we touched on this in an episode that Michelle and I just recorded uh, around vocation, but, but so much about entrepreneurship and business for me has been finding the corners, clearing the cobwebs, doing my work, clearing the way, finding the limiting beliefs, doing my, and then just step by step by step. And just to your point earlier, Angela, about that sometimes being like a longer, it's a, it could be a longer process, a longer stretch. It's probably not going to look fast and furious. It's, it's a little bit longer. It's just like one solid step in front of the other. I really do believe that I really do believe that we cannot fail in that if that is our business strategy. If we just commit to one step at a time as entrepreneurs, looking at the thing that's creating the thing inside of us, whether it be the limiting belief about money, the icky feelings I'm having about, oh, do I need accreditation or not, or whatever it is that's coming up for you as an entrepreneur, and being with that, sitting with that, feeling your feelings, doing your work, coming to your solutions, taking those brave steps forward, whatever that might be for you, and just like step by step by step, that is the path. That is the business strategy. And as long as we just commit to that and just like never give up on that, I don't think we can fail as entrepreneurs. 
we might not get where we thought we were going to get to in the time we thought we were going to get to it, but we're going to get somewhere. We're going to get, and perhaps even to a better place and to an unexpected place. But it's just that, I think it's that deep, it's just that deep, deep, deep devotion to the inner work. And if we can be, stay so steadfastly committed to that, we can't fail. I agree. I agree. Um, there's a commitment to it as well. Um, for a while I was, I was surrounded by people and I think this was just the universe trying to test me again. I was surrounded by people who truly believed that, um, there is no market for one-on-one coaching as it relates to like a coach helping a person. Mm. Instead, it, the, there's market for coaches who coach coaches. And I think you guys might've, um, talked about this as well as, as, in the in the episodes of like that's what it just turns into so a coach you not this specifically but you guys didn't speak of but like a coach has a dream to be a coach and they get the coaching skills and they're a really great coach and now they have to be a really great business person as well if they want to run a business um so then you hire more coaches because now there's a lot of coaches for mm. coaching coaches um on how to run a business and on one hand, that's outstanding. I've, I've used some and they really helped me to get my mind around what it is to be a business person because I had not run a business. I just wanted to coach. Like you'll hear so many coaches like, I just want to coach. Like, you know, but it's like, you have to want to coach and you have to want to market your coaching and you have to want to sell your coaching. If you're going to be a business person, like you have to want to do those things too. Otherwise, um, try to find a different path that just lets you coach. Those exist right. too. So like, yeah. just let you coach. But there was that side of like, you can't be a one-on-one coach. You just have to be someone who coaches coaches. And then that's how you're going to make your money. It's like, no, I just, no, that, that can't be true. Like I am a coach who is also now devoted to being a business person who wants to help people one-on-one because that's what I love. And that's what I'm going to thrive on. And that does not mean that I need to take any of these other paths that everyone says I need to take to be able to then, to then make money. Um, like, no, this, this can be true for me. So then there's that dedication and that commitment to making that true for you in that step-by-step step that you take. And it has to be strong enough that you, that you continue to do it. And I've also heard, well, it's so saturated. The market's so saturated. Well, okay. Um, and... <laughs> There's still people out there that that I would love to work with and that would love to work with me. So even if it is saturated, if I find them and they find me, then we're going to work together and that's how this is this is going to be. And if you want to crush your dream because someone said it's so saturated, well then perhaps this isn't exactly what you wanted. And some people will take that as a slight, like, oh, it's like, well, no, like, don't take it as a slight, like sit with that, sit with that. Do you really want it or do you not? Is it a is it a dream that you now need to pivot into something else? Or does that just light the fire under you under you even more to keep going in the direction that you want to go? Like it's really easy to get offended by, well, you must not want it, because there's like rhetoric out there of, well, you must not want it bad enough, right? Well, no, you can want it bad enough, but there are moments that you have to sit and say, do I actually want this badly enough? Do I want this badly enough that I'm going to learn how to market and to create content and to run a business? Do I want this badly enough? 
you can say no. You can say mm -hmm. no and mm -hmm. then do something else. And then that's not a failure. You're just going to do something different now. But it can be really scary to stop with and have those questions of, do I actually want this? Because the answer might be no. And that might mean that this thing that I've been doing for three years is, is quote unquote going nowhere. It's like, no, you learned a lot the entire way. And you now have a clearer vision of what it is that you don't want, which allows you to have a clearer vision of what, what you do want. So the dedication and commitment to actually growing what it is that you want to have done, to put one foot in front of the other, to building what you want to build, that is what it's going to take. And yeah, it might not be flashy and it might not get you where you wanted to go as quick as you could. But if every turn you're looking at yourself going, mm, but I still, I still really want that big vision that I'm walking towards. then this means that's, this is what I'm going to do in the moment, because that's, what's going to get me towards a big vision that I'm walking towards that I just decided I still really want. So I'm going to do that. And on the, on the saturated side, okay, not everybody is going to decide that they keep walking towards that vision. So the longer you keep walking towards it, like believe some people are going to fall off. Okay. It'll be less saturated if that makes you feel better. <laughs> it's true. Very yeah. true. I never thought of it that way, but it's very true. Angela, how much, so the, let's say the day you graduated from the MRA or even maybe, yeah, let's say the day you graduated, how much was clear to you? about where you were heading how much did you know right then and yeah let's, i just want to start there for a sec um I, a lot of it was more clear like when i started my business so i had in my corporate job there was a coach who a colleague of mine knew and the colleague of mine told me she that this coach is offering free sessions because it was kind of a just a rough time at that time around the nation. And she was just offering free sessions. And I said, I'd love that. And it was it was a twofold. I'd love that. One, I'd love to take that session. Two, I would love to be her. Mm. Like I would love to coach. Like I have, I'm definitely one who sees like those kind of envious moments as, oh, like. Those are things I want. Like, those aren't things they have that I can't have. Those are things I want. And it was one of those, like, I want that. So I, I, I had the single session with her and it was actually around something in my day job. Um, and it was a really effective session. And I decided to sign on with her and I was going to sign on with her to um, decide like how I navigate like my, my corporate job. Cause I was still in that point where it's like something had to change um, and things did change, but by the second session with her, I had told her like, nope, we're not using it for that anymore. Like, I'm going to start a coaching business. <laughs> and I like used the rest of it to like plan how I was going to start a coaching and tarot business, um, to which I did part time. And I disclosed to my employer, like, I've got this, this business on the side. And I knew that it wouldn't always be on the side, but I also didn't see how at that point it, it wouldn't be. So in my head, it was going to happen a lot more quickly than it did. Like mm -hmm. it should be like a year and I'd, like, I'd have a coaching business and I'd just be doing this. So like my vision was like in a year, I'm going to be doing this. And I quickly learned that my vision um, had to be held loosely, <laughs> like we talk about. And, and I didn't have to know exactly what it was going to look like. So I'd say like not knowing exactly what it was going to look like is what I really held on to. Mm -hmm. I knew that 
um, signing on with MRA was like a next really big step in what I was doing because not only did it put me on the ICF path, but also MRA speaks my speak. None of the other coaching schools spoke my speak, but MRA did. So like, okay, there's, this is the thing. It's like, again, like universe just sends you things. This is the thing. And I was already like running my business when I was in MRA and I knew it would just make it better. So then graduating MRA, there wasn't really like a, okay, now that I've done this, I'm going to do this thing. It's like, now that I've done this, it's like this, this adds to this, this thing that I'm walking towards this, this vision that I see where <laughs> my view is really great and my desk is really clean and my calendar is like full of things that feel good, including having like one-on-one conversations with people and empowering. I work mostly with women, just like empowering more and more women to trust what it is that they really want and trust that if they go that way, like the universe will walk with them um, and that they don't have to fix, heal and save everybody. Like I knew like the, the more I sank into work that allowed me to connect with those women to create that vision, um, then that's, that's me going in the right direction. So graduating MRA was just like, this is a huge tool that I now have to go that way. Um, and, and like now where I am in this huge pivotal, pivotal moment too, it's like, I could stay where I was, where I am. Um, I, I, I could stay there, but I haven't been able to give my business all that I have to give. And I know it's where I'm being called to. And we talk about this, like scare your mind, but stir your soul moments. Like I can't ignore the fact that I'm being called to go all in on my business. Do I have 100% proof that it's going to work? I do not. I do not. Um, do, do I know that this is the work that has, that I've been lining up towards? Yes, I do. Do I know that it's pulling on my heart more and more? Yes, I do. Um, so like, it was just that moment of, okay, this is, this is the next thing. It's a next thing. Um, and it's outside of the walls of where I've been. It's, com- it's completely different, but it's, it's the next thing. So MRA was a big, big thing. And this is another big thing. Like you just have to keep shoving yourself into those moments of like, this makes me really uncomfortable, but like in the best way possible, because if the thing on the other side of it works out, like, oh my gosh, how amazing will that be? And you just can't, I mean, you think about like, what if it doesn't work out? But it's like, you're feeling so called to it. It's like, how can I not? Like, who am I to stay exactly where I am when this thing is calling towards me so loudly? Who am I to stay where I am? Staying where you are just gets so much more and more like uncomfortable in the not great way. Did yeah. I answer your question? I think I answered your question. I did. Okay. You did. And you even started hinting at, so there's this, this other curiosity I have for you that I think m- would be interesting to other people is one thing I notice um, a lot of, a lot of students who come into the MRA who, even if they don't have the exact vision, they know enough about their vision of like, I think I'm going to do this. I think this is going to be a business and there can be a real pressure of even when they're still learning the coaching skills, there can be this real sense of pressure of like, I've also got to start my business. I've got to get this Mm. off the ground. And for some people that graduation date marks a real increase in the pressure of, I've got to get this, like, it's like sink or swim time. You know, it's like, I'm jumping off the diving board. And for you, I'm hearing something different. And I'm really curious about your pace 
and your process and and mm-hmm. what pieces were intentional in your pace and your process okay yeah <laughs> so that pressure is real like when you have that idea and you finally decide you're going to go that way and you're going to do that thing there really is that pressure to like make it happen and make it happen now and we've we've seen examples in the world of people who like, I have this idea, like I'm going to quit my job and I have this business and they, they do incredible things. Um, I have not like had that experience. Um, not that I couldn't, but I haven't like it's, it's had to have been slower than that. That's also part of my processing though, is like when I get really emotionally charged about something, I know that's not the right time to take action. If I'm emotionally charged about something on one side or another, that is Mm. time for me to just like be with what that is until it it's neutral. Once it's neutral, then I know I've reached the right spot. Otherwise I'm doing like what that is of like, I have to do this and I have to do it now. And I have to shove the pieces into place. And like, that doesn't feel good. And like, it is a balance of like, things have to feel good and you have to like take action. There's this really good, good balance of that. Like that doesn't feel good. Um, and the reason like it's hitting with me more is because in the program that I work with people on, a lot of it is that. So people will have this like feeling of like, do I need to stay or leave my job? And like, that is like the big decision. Like I either got to stay or I've got to leave or like this, like I'm going to make a business. So now I need to do the things that make a business now. It's like, Oh, you can stop. And like, you can breathe and literally nothing has to be done right now. Like when you have that realization of literally nothing has to be done right now. Hardly ever is anything ever so urgent that Mm -hmm. something has to be done right now. It's just the place that you've worked yourself up into is telling you something has to be done right now. It's like, you can step back and tell yourself, I don't have to do anything. Like I can sit right here in like the safety and comfort of this moment that I'm in. And I don't have to worry about doing any of those things right now. So like, that's been a really big part of my patience. Did I want things to happen right now? Absolutely. I did. However, there is a lot of, um, opportunity to see meaning in the moment that you have. So throughout my corporate career, I have been able to, um, create positions that I served in the company. I think all but a couple of positions that I served in the 25 plus years were ones that were already defined. Most of them, I got to step into and do what I wanted and create. And that's within the corporate walls. You can create the work that you want to do, whether you're inside of an organization or outside of an organization. So for me, being inside of one, as I dreamed about my business, I had so many opportunities to use the coaching skills that I was learning. I had so many opportunities to make meaning of the work that I was doing in that moment to like, like you talk about like the cobwebs in the corners of like really start to heal parts of myself. One of them was caring about what other people thought within the walls of the organization. I was able to do a lot of work about my focus on what caring, what other people thought about what I was doing and where I was going. Had I not done that within the con- like walls of the business and within the position I was in, and I carried that baggage with me into creating mm-hmm. my business Oh my gosh, that would be a completely different picture if I was still mm. holding on so tightly to what people thought of me. Like I'm branching out into a more intuitive business. Like that would have been a lot of challenges to what do people think about me as I'm doing about this. So there's like so much meaning that you can make from right where you are that is still working towards where it is that you want to go. 
um, I was also able to bring a coaching program into my business. So I created a coaching program from scratch because like, why not? Like I've got these coaching skills now. I know the power of coaching. I know how it can help within the organization. Why would I not do that here? And all of those were building blocks towards where I am now, where I finally said, okay, here we go. Like I have to let go of the shore and letting go of the shore is so scary. You guys, um, especially when, okay, I have, do you know how many times I backed up and said, I don't have to, no one's making me do this. I can stay where I am. I don't have to do this. So it gives you that moment to breathe, but it also helps you to give the clarity of like, but I want to, like, I don't have to, but I really want to. So that you've got like that, that patience, that process, that creation along the way, that making meaning of where I was is what allowed me to like, build up the confidence and finally get to that moment of, it is so scary to let go of the shore, but I can't imagine holding on to it anymore. Like I've, I've held on to it in every way possible and it has all served me. And I don't know what is left here to serve me anymore. And like this next phase is here for me. So yeah, I don't, I don't know if I would have called myself a patient person, um, but I think I might have to um, because it, there was a lot of patience in that, even in the moments where I did really just want to um, say, like, I want my business and I want to know why isn't here now? Like, isn't that, <laughs> that the way it's supposed to go? You want something so badly and then it just starts getting delivered to you. Nope. You have to deal with all of the stuff, all <laughs> of the stuff that needs to be dealt with in order for you to fully, fully step into that into that dream and into that vision. Mm. Listening to you, listening to you, gosh, it, it's bringing back so many um, feelings of when I did the transition and the way I prepared for that. I think we operate very similarly, Angela. I think so too. <laughs> yeah. Cause I just, I hear you and I'm, I'm right. I'm there. I'm with you. I'm, I understand as much as I can humanly in my own lived experience understand, but um, there's a quote and I don't know who coined the quote, but it's the quote that says luck is when preparedness meets opportunity. Mm -hmm. And all the things that you described to me, that, that's the preparedness. Um, but there's so much living in the preparedness too. It's using coaching skills in the ways you can right here, right now, and the job yeah. you're in and just getting the maximum out of what you can in with what you have right here, right now, you know, while also visioning for the future and taking those you know, those, those next steps to prepare yourself for that future, but being here so fully right here, right now, that is, that's that, what that preparedness means to me. And I just hear it so fully in what you're in your, in your process and the way that you've made this transition and, and then life presents you with the opportunities and, you know, is the way, you know, life unfolds and the opportunities emerge or the right ideas emerge or their inspiration or the right conversation or the person or the client or whatever it is in that energy of preparedness. And to the, to outsiders looking in, that could look like luck. 
but it's not luck. It's the, all the cobwebs that you sort through, all the limiting beliefs that you look at. This is preparedness. This is the work. And I think that, I think there's something to be said about that being a way. I feel that. Um, even when, so like when I um, was talking to one of my good friends that I work with, um, as I'm exiting, I did everything I could to to set everything up so that my exit wouldn't have to be as disruptive as maybe it would have been another time. So like as far as my team and where everything is, like she called me conscientious. And I was like, yes, like if I'm going to make a big change, like I'm going to prepare as much as I can for that to be a big change, not only for me, but the people that that matter to me. And in this like three years of, of business building and then taking the leap, like I thought like maybe my mom and dad and my sister would have some words for me about like, like, are you sure it's a good idea? They didn't, they didn't like, they're excited for me. And they know that I wouldn't be doing this if it, if it wasn't a good idea. Um, the owners of the company that I work for, um, are so supportive and, and one of them had said to me, like, I'm not worried about you. Like, you'll make it. It's like, oh my gosh. So it's like all of that preparedness is what builds that foundation to when you finally decide to, to make the big move. Um, there's something else that you said. It's like, I, I do tend to like, like any opportunity that I can squeeze out of something, I'm going to. So like um, if I invest in something or if I'm doing something for free, like these are equal because like I'm just going to squeeze opportunity out of out of everywhere that I am. And that's kind of what it's been, you know, in the organization as I'm working too. It's like there's so like anywhere you are, there's so much there for you. It's just recognizing what it is and how you can apply to yourself towards it. So that's why I talk about like being a career and purpose coach. I don't like help people with resumes and job listings. It's not what I'm doing. Like I'm connecting you to, to purpose, which you are then going to connect to every area of your life in a much more fulfilling way than you even knew possible. Like you see yourself a product of the thing that you're in, where you really have so much influence on, on where you are and what you see and, and what you gain from that until you know it's time for something different. It's like the preparedness and patience. Yeah. Like yes and yes to both of those things. Yeah. And the commitment. That's what you said earlier. Mm -hmm. And the commitment to keep going step by step by step by step to pivot when there's an opportunity to pivot, to ask yourself the hard questions at every stage. What is it that I want? Is this what I want? Be willing to burn it all down if it's not what you want. You know, you get to change your mind. You get to change your mind. You mm -hmm. get to pivot. You get to grow and evolve and the vision gets to become different. And that is all part of the process. Angela, what do you see in the Wild West of the coaching industry and world out there? I would like to see um, a greater understanding of what coaching is. I think it's still not totally clearly understood what it is to be coached, what it is to have a coach. Um, one of the things that you guys had brought up in the episode was like the feelings around like the term life coach. And that matched with it, with um, someone calling themselves a coach and, and not needing to be certified or educated in that at all. Um, I, I feel like that still does a, have a heavier weight than I would like it to have of that connotation of, oh, they're going to be a life coach um, and, and what that can mean. 
I think the more that we see it in organizations, I think the more that we have people talking about their experience with a really great coach, the more people will understand what it is to have a coach and to be coached. And when um, that can serve you in your life to shift your perspective. My first experience with coaching, I had never been held so whole. Like it was an ICF certified, she was an ICF certified coach. And um, she was so good at challenging my thought processes. So when I assumed something to be true, she revealed to me how that didn't have to be true, how there could be something outside of that. That was life-changing for me to have someone be able to do that for me because you can't see outside of your mind what you know to be true because it's, it's just true. So you can't possibly see anything else. So I really would like to see coaching being a more um, integrated and understood practice. It's like when I talk about it in organizations, I really want people to be coached to, to have that space held for them, not to be coached in a, you're going to be cut coached up or out mm-hmm. way. Totally. Or, um, yeah. When it comes to disciplinary conversations and like progressive or like performance improvement plans, people often use coaching in that way of, of you're going to be coached because you're on this performance improvement plan. Sure. Um, part of that is true, but I would really like for the term to be removed. Um, so that we can hold coaching as a more pure word than, than the way that it's being used. So for me, I would just like to see um, coaching be highlighted more and more for what it is and what it's intended to be rather than what people have seen it to be. It's either a fluke or it's a way to get you out of an organization. Like I want both of those to be removed because those are not in alignment with the true integrity of coaching and how transformational it is. Mm. Like we say that as coaching, like it's so transformational, Um, but people have to have that experience to really understand that it's true. How do you, um, sometimes I feel like I speak, I I try to, I try to grasp for the right words to describe like, this is what coaching is and sort of feels like. And sometimes uh, I don't know if I ever quite grab the right words, or I think people are probably listening to me being like, she's full of it. How would you describe, how or how do you describe to people what what is this beautiful thing we're talking about? What is coaching? What is what do you do? How do you say it? How do you describe to people? Like the the key word that comes to mind as soon as you were saying that is believed. Like when I was in coaching, I felt believed. Like I didn't mm-hmm. feel challenged in what I knew to be true. I didn't feel challenged in the direction that I wanted to go. I just felt held in my belief. And then with the, you know, being coached around limiting beliefs as I walked towards what I wanted, I was believed. I didn't have anyone telling me that it was the wrong way to go. Mm-hmm. So like when I'm working with people, that's also very important to me. I believe them and their life experience. I'm not there to tell them you're going the wrong way or you could do this, or you could do that. Like that, that's not my place. I believe that the experiences that that they are inside of is true. And like, if I'm explaining what coaching is beyond believing you, which I I think is so foundational, um, coaching is a way for you to sit in presence with somebody else to exist in the way that, that, that you feel safe existing in no other area of your life, or at least that's, you know, coaching for me. That you feel that you feel safe in being seen, you feel safe in being heard, so that 
you can speak in a way that I can hear you clearly and I can give back to you what you have said so that you can hear what you're saying and you're thinking so that you can choose if you want to continue to believe that or if you want to do something different so that then you can choose your next action based on the on the insight that you just had. So it's, it's a process and has everything to do with them and a skilled coach to just keep like, I always say, I'm not a life preserver. I'm a lighthouse. I don't fix and save. You're not broken. I guide. So like that's just that process of like pulling that out of you so that you can get really honest with what it is that you want and then act on what it is that you want. Mic yeah. drop. I don't <laughs> even, I, I actually, I have this tool that says marker. I've marked many moments oh. through this conversation, <laughs> but this one I'm like, mark, mark, mark. <laughs> like moly, <laughs> better than I could have ever put it. Yeah. Wow. So where, so at the beginning of this conversation, actually, no, take it even back to the beginning when you, when you first heard the conversation on the wild west episodes and all the things were coming up, where are you now? Like, where are you landing right here, right now? I am confident. Um, and confidence just, it doesn't get to just get handed to you. (laughs) Um, it can be, I mean, I, I think I've seen people where it's just handed to them and they take it, but like a true inner confidence that I have sorted through what it is that I'm doing and why it is that I'm doing it so that when I hear or feel anything to the contrary, I know what I believe to be true. And I know that it's integrity. And I know that I'm going the right way. And I know that I can shift at at any moment. I know I can change my mind. Like there's just so much like I know. Like that, that brings that, that confidence. So listening to the episodes was all of the, uh, uh, like hits. That was, y'all did not intend that. It was just like the right moment for me to be listening to that, for me to be hearing that, for me to be navigating how it made me feel so that I could come out on the other side and say, I'm confident that I know, and then just keep walking the direction that, that I know to be true. Mm-hmm. confident. Hmm. Is there anything else, Angela, that we, we haven't touched on today? Anything else that you wanted to express? I don't think so. I will say to like a little universal moment, I'm always looking out for those little signs that I'm going the right way. The morning that you reach out to me to be on the podcast um, or to pitch the idea that morning, I was thinking about, okay, so I'm going to be going out on my own. I have previously been on podcasts. I've been on small shows and, you know, I enjoyed it. And then I just, I, I kind of got tired of, of fitting it into my schedule and doing other things. So I, I wasn't doing it anymore. I was like, I should look at that again. So like, you know, create a bio and create a one sheet and, and start looking at podcasts to be on. And it was like within the hour, so you're like, Hey, hi. <laughs> I mean, wow. it's just like when we talk about like preparedness as well, it's like, even in my mind, it's like, I am going to prepare to, to be doing this again. <laughs> and even just the thought was like, okay, like here's, here's an opportunity. You're going to be on a podcast again. So yeah, just oh, wow. look for like, I, I think it's just so important to continue to look for those like little universal signs that just pull on your calling. They pull on your heart. They, they, they can't be 
ignored, even if you try. And it's just, it's up to you if you do something with them or not. So, yeah, your, your timing was impeccable. That is one thing about you, Angela, as I always marvel. Like, to me, you feel so deeply connected to whatever energetic, whatever energy underlies all the things happening on the surface of the world, like whatever deep energy is there flowing through us all, to me, you feel so connected to it. And like, and I feel that in multiple ways. I feel that in conversation and just like a deep resonance to like the core of what you're pointing at and saying it, it anchors me down deeply into the part of myself that's connected. I feel it through, um, I I don't have social media right now. I'm having a little break. But the one thing I miss the most is your readings on social media. I can't tell you the number of times where I have sat back and watched and listened to you do a reading and it's nailed the core of my experience. <laughs> Not only that, but it's it's been like verbatim the conversation Taryn and I have just been having and what I'm most inside of. And here you are bringing the same thing you, I don't know, I don't know how you do it. I don't know what it is about you, but you, um, you feel like such an open channel for something energetically deeper flowing through us all. I also don't know what it is, <laughs> what happens. Um, but I, I know it's true because of the feedback that I get like that, um, or feedback that I get of like, it's calming like sometimes as frantic as I can be it's surprising that 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 people feel calmer <laughs> in my presence but I'm like okay I'll take it um or I've I've heard a number of times I just I feel better after talking to you I'm like oh mm -hmm. okay so it's like you you get that like feedback from people that's like you just have to believe it's true because you you hear it so much but like as you say that I'm like I'm so often, I'm deeply rooted in like love and hope. And I just, I truly believe that at the end of the day, like there is just like a flow of love that runs through everybody and they might not be connected to it and they might not see it and they, they might not be open to it where they are on their journey now, but like all of our journeys are just leading us closer and closer to that. And if I believe that to be true, of myself and I believe that to be true of everybody it just lends like a sense of peace and calm to me because I know that even when things seem the worst like the best is under there somewhere mm -hmm. it's like that's what I'm rooted to any chance we could close this session off with like you pulling a little card I could totally do that okay I could totally do that <laughs> I always have my deck right beside me <laughs> I figured you would is there any like anything in particular that you're feeling called to have a card pulled for? Michelle, anything for you? Oh, there's like actually many things. Um, but because it's all of us, what's the point of intersection for all of us? There's what's what's the point mm. of intersection for all of us here? Is it you know? having that next bold dream on your heart and the process of walking towards it, the process of pulling it loosely. Okay. Kind of anchoring into the energy of this entire podcast for whoever's listening. I love it. Okay. 
Does that make sense to you, Angela? Yeah, I like to write down what I'm asking. Right. So I am just writing down like how to trust in your vision. That's a great one. Yeah. Okay. I like that one. Yeah. How to yeah. trust in your vision. So there's a little thing that I say, but I don't, you don't see it like on the Instagram videos, but I do like to do like a clearing as I, as I shuffle, but I just ask for clear energy from crown to root, reach a crown and open heart to receive messages and the guidance and intuition to interpret them. And I ask for my guides to be present to help me interpret the message and for the guides of anyone listening to help bring forth the message that they are most um, needing to hear right now. So I'll just shuffle and ask that question of, of how to trust in your vision. So us and anyone um, listening, just a quick insight into how to best trust in your vision. The seven of swords. <laughs> So I'll show this on camera so that you guys can see it and what an interesting card to pull, especially in this conversation. The seven of swords, like the thing that comes to mind for me first is like somebody feels like they're getting away with something. And as we were talking about like all the pieces of me that were being poked in that podcast, um, in those two episodes, it was like, oh my gosh, like what am I getting away with? How am I deceiving how am I not um, being truthful? Like there's those pieces of you that you're going to have to navigate and come to terms with as you go forward towards your vision. Because one of the biggest questions I think that comes up as you walk towards your vision is who are you or how dare you or who are you to do this versus somebody else? Or this isn't something that I was ever able to do. What makes you think that you can do this? What makes you think that you're more in line with this than they are over there? Like there's all these questions when you set your sight on your vision that are going to come up for you as you walk on that journey. So like, as I think of the hero's journey <laughs> and you think of that bottom portion of it, where you are just being thrown back and forth inside of your limiting beliefs and inside of questioning if you really want to pursue your path or not. You're going to have to contend with the pieces of you that don't think that you're worth having it. You're going to have to contend with the pieces of you that don't think they're worth having it. Oh. So when I ask how to trust in your vision and I get the seven of swords and the, the thought that comes to mind is like getting away with something, you are going to feel like you are not worth that thing that you're walking towards and you're going to have to contend with that. Um, I'm going to say all on your own, you're surrounded in community. You're surrounded in support, but like at the end of the day, this is something that you really have to sort through. You have to sort through internally and then use all of your resources around you to support you in getting there. Mm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, you've done it again. I, I, I forgot for a minute that you might be speaking to Taryn or Ant, yourself, anybody else. I was like, this is all mine. Every word of this is all mine right now. And I was like, oh yeah, other people too. Great. Yeah. Okay. But that just, it, it, again, it hits so deeply and continues. I don't know. Karen and I are inside of conversations and or the last podcast conversation we just had. And you could not have touched the spot more directly for me. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad we pulled it. <laughs> Angela, you are absolutely amazing. Thank you. And congratulations on this incredibly exciting next fact. We didn't know, we didn't even know. We did when I reached out uh -huh. to you, I didn't know. You just told us as we were like, just we jumped on the podcast this morning before we pressed record. You just 
told us that you're leaving your job. This is your, you're heading into your final month of this, of this, of this job. And I'm just, um, we are cheering you on from the sidelines <laughs> and you. so looking forward to seeing how this journey unfolds for you. Thank you. I am too. I, I waited to, t- to tell you guys that information until now. Like I have a habit of doing things like that. <laughs> it's very, so, very exciting. No, I'm very, I'm very grateful to be here. This is perfect timing for me in this moment to, to come here and to have this conversation with you all. And I hope to, like, like you said, if I was inside of some of those thoughts, then, you know, rest assured that, that others yeah. are inside of similar thoughts like that. So I, I just, hope that the conversation was helpful. Yeah. So Angela, anyone listening who would love to learn more about how you work with your clients, um, where can they find you? How can they get in touch with you? Yeah. So I'm in two primary places. So I have my website, which is AngelaMcKayLLC.com. And my um, chosen social platform is Instagram, which is also at AngelaMcKayLLC. So that's where I've got the, the, Part of the day tarot readings that that Michelle is referencing, um, as well as any events or teachings that I have coming up. Awesome! So we'll put all those links in the show notes below this below this thank episode. You. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Angela. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being part of this conversation. If it serves you, take a moment to contemplate what your golden nugget is from this exploration. And if you feel inspired, please feel free to share it with us in the comments of this episode on our YouTube channel. To learn more about the MRA and our renowned flagship Mind Rebel Coach Training Series that begins once a year in the spring, please visit our website at www.themindrebel.com.